This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Before I get into this episode about soulmates, I wanted to tell everybody to subscribe, of course. Uh, then you get access to over 30-something paid episodes with more coming all the time. And um, on empathy needs, oral sex on women, always got to get that one in. Um, and uh, most recently, couples and money, sacrificing within relationships. Uh, and then I, I, a lot of my old relationships and sex ones I've put on paid uh, ones that you had a long time to listen to. So if you didn't, you should uh, pay so that you could hear them now. So also separately, there is my Facebook group where there's lots of interesting conversations. You should join that also. I'll link you to that as usual. And one conversation that was brought up in my Facebook group, the private group, um, was whether soulmates are real. So somebody asked whether um, I think soulmates are real or really if anybody did in the thread. And a lot of people said they don't. And it's just, um, you know, made up by the romance industry or whatever. But I do think that soulmates are real. And I'll explain what I think about that and how it can actually help you uh, conceptualize your relationship differently and think about whether you and your partner are ultimately compatible. So, um, what do I mean by soulmates personally? Well, I don't mean that there is like one person in the whole world that you're fated to be with, but I do think that out of all of the people, there is a very small subset that you feel like there's a click with. And this could be like a friend's soulmate. And sometimes people feel it, quite honestly, even though they don't say it, they feel it more with certain kids of theirs than others, you know? I mean, like there are just people that you feel that click with and that are easy for you to understand. And with um, the other way to think about a soulmate is your imago. I talk about imago theory a lot. So when somebody, uh, this is from the book Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks, which y'all should read because I, I refer to it all the time. But, um, and I can link you to that. But the, the idea is that you subconsciously are drawn to people who remind you of your caregivers for good and for bad. And at first you just see the good side. And then once you see the, the parts that are the bad sides, then you um, start to try to change them in ways that you could never change your caregiver. So uh, your imago might be somebody inattentive because you had an inattentive parent and then it becomes the work of your life to change them into somebody more loving, right? And more attentive. Sometimes this goes awry and sometimes actually it works out, you know? I mean, we don't talk a lot in this podcast about all the happy couples out there, but there are many. And honestly, uh, they're usually the securely attached people and 70% of the world is securely attached. The insecurely attached people are divided between the preoccupied or jealous controlling people and the avoidant people who don't like to be too close to others. And it's 20% preoccupied, 10% avoidant, but then it's 70% 
uh, secure a little bit less because there's also a disorganized category that is very bad when you're an abused child, but that isn't uh, what we're usually talking about. So a lot of people are in happy marriages with somebody that they think is their soulmate on some level, whether or not they articulate it like that. And it is because there was a deep pull to this person because they feel familiar to you. They were raised probably in a very similar sort of upbringing on a deep level to yours. As I talked about in another podcast, they may have the same sense of humor. They may have the same love language. That They may have um, had a lot of experiences that parallel your experiences. They may remind you not only of a parent on a visceral level, but also uh, possibly of a sibling or even a prior partner, you know, like a uh, lost love or something. There are just, and there are enough people in the world that statistically sometimes if you date enough or if you meet enough people, you know, you are going to have a whole normal distribution of, of how much you click with different people. And, you know, this clicking is not, it could be thought of as a magic thing or a faded thing if that's how you think about it. And it could be thought of as a statistical thing, like there's going to be 99th percentile level clicking if you uh, interact with enough people. Or even if you don't, there'll still be a distribution of people and, and you know that you click with certain people more than others. Now, when people do not feel this click, this chemistry, I mean, there's like a million ways to say it. So chemistry obviously doesn't only mean physical. Uh, like you could be super attracted to somebody's body, but not feel any chemistry with them like flirtatiously or intellectually or emotionally. And, you know, everybody's been in this situation, women especially, because women are not as visual. So there could be like the most handsome man in the world, but you feel nothing toward him at all, you know, because he doesn't have a personality that clicks with yours. So if you do feel that you and your partners are soulmates, there's also the idea that this would somehow preclude working on the relationship, but that doesn't mean that at all. In fact, if you feel that you're with your soulmate, it can, in fact, be a helpful conceptualization um, again, it's, this is not to say if you don't believe in soulmates, now you're supposed to. But it's like believing in God. It's like a very individual thing. So if you do think about, yeah, you know, I have this special connection with my partner that I never had with anybody else. And I'm the sort of person that gets kind of scared off by really uh, woo-woo kind of, you know, hippy-dippy terms. But I, I do feel like this person is was meant to be with me and brings out the best in me and that we probably wouldn't uh, click as well with most other people on in the planet. Well, then you should have even more motivation to work on your relationship relationship, right? I mean, this, this makes so much sense. Like you, you are lucky enough to have something very valuable and to have this deep click feeling that a lot of people don't have. So then that should make you work harder to keep this person feeling happy and secure and loved and to uh, protect the relationship from any sort of externalities that could make it less wonderful, you know, such as the impact of other people or various stressors or, you know, uh, over-focus on the children or whatever. Um, not that, of course, you shouldn't focus on your kids, of course, but you know what I mean, also prioritizing the marriage. I talk about this a lot. 
So the idea of a soulmate appeals to mostly, I think, highly sensitive people who tend to feel things on a, obviously, definitionally, they feel things on a deep level and sense things on a deeper level. And this is 20% of people, but a lot larger subset of people that are listening to this podcast or that care about therapy <laughs> or that go to therapy. I'd say it's probably like 80% of people in therapy, but if you don't count couples counseling, because then usually you got one highly sensitive and one not. And the one not was usually dragged in by the one who is. <laughs> and that's couples that I work well with, honestly. But the, the point is, if you feel this, this click with a partner, that's great. And it should motivate you to work on your relationship even harder to ensure that you protect it from anything that could uh, make it you know, worse. And you should think about it as a lucky thing that is a gift to you and that you want to work really hard to prioritize it and to make sure that your partner knows how valuable they are to you. Now, if you're a person that has never felt this, then you could be in one of two camps. You could be somebody who's never felt this click but you get along well with your spouse and you're happy and you just really are a very uh, rational minded sort of person and you don't believe in any stuff like soulmates, but you're happy in your relationship. You want to keep it that way. And that's great. You can't, you know, like, sure, maybe you'd be happier with someone else. You probably won't meet that person and you're going to do everything to, um, ensure that your current marriage stays happy. Good. That's a nice, rational way of thinking about it. Unfortunately, there is another way that people feel frequently that brings them into counseling, which is that there is somebody better for them out there and it just isn't their partner. And you know, this this can happen for many reasons. There are many reasons that people are attracted originally to people that they don't click with. So we talk about the imago. Sometimes the imago can go bad, right? And you can end up drawn to somebody who has all the bad traits of your spouse, of your parent, rather. So as I discussed, gave the example of the inattentive parent, then you're drawn to an inattentive partner. But there's also people that just kind of uh, married the first person that was in any way nice to them or that wanted them because they had such terribly low self-esteem. And so they never really got a chance to feel this deep in love feeling, but they know they're capable of it, you know, because, you know, maybe they deeply love friends and their kids and they just don't deeply love their spouse. And they didn't really know that was an option for them to be with somebody that they felt so strongly about. These people are very conflicted because frequently the marriage is okay, you know, and they've never maybe had experiences where they've had this deep click with somebody, but they know that it's at, that they, they think they could find the soulmate sort of feeling with somebody, or maybe they're, you know, rational enough to think this might be with a handful of people, not just one in the universe, but uh, either way, it's not their spouse. So this is a very individual decision of what to do in this situation. It does bring a lot of people to therapy when they feel like they just do not have that soulmate connection with their spouse and that they never did. So the soulmate thing, it's like, if you ever felt that you had it, sometimes it can get you through hard times. But you know if you're in a situation where you never felt like it was right even from the beginning. I have a related podcast on what do you do if your spouse was never really attracted to you. Unfortunately, that's not a very good situation. And that doesn't usually grow over time unless people are super committed to um, kind of faking it till you make it. Another thing I did a podcast about, I could infinitely self-reference because I've just done so many podcasts at this point. Um, but 
the, the, the point is you can work on that, but you can't really make someone you were never attracted to into somebody that you are. And it usually is the same thing for a click and a soulmate and a deep connected feeling. So if you ever felt this with a spouse, it's a lot easier to recapture it than to make it happen from scratch unless you are very early on in your relationship, such as, you know, people that are in arranged marriages frequently say that there's a moment at which they fall in love with their spouse, and that's great. But if you've been with your spouse for 10 years and that's never happened, you know, then it probably, right, let's be logical, probably this just person is not deeply compatible with you on, on that sort of a level. And this is a very individual decision about what to do about that. And in the private Facebook group, people were sharing, um, you know, stories that they knew about people who left other people because they found what they considered their soulmate. And of course, you know, the there are various reasons for for these types of stories you know if anybody ever up in like uh somebody said they knew about a story where a, a woman left her kids just like never saw them again that's not the, that's not because she met her soulmate that's because she has deep mental problems you know like that's not that's not a soulmate connection that's somebody who probably had severe mental illness and would just abandon her children that doesn't really happen to somebody who's healthy a woman leaving her children forever I don't care who she's leaving for you know most women would never consider that Ever, But the point is, leaving for somebody is not uncommon when you've been in a situation where you've been unhappy for many years. You know, you've been unhappy for many years. You may have tried couples counseling. You may have tried books. You may have tried uh, working on the sex life. You may have tried reading everything Dr. Psych Mom ever wrote. Thank you for that. Um, but either way, you um, then when some people, people I've worked with, etc., do meet somebody then whether or not they end up cheating, because many people don't cheat, you know, they're morally averse to it, the idea that they could click with somebody, that frees them up to leave a marriage that's been unhappy for many years, you know, and that's called, in one of the many books I've read about affairs, um, that's called an exit affair. So when you, that, when you actually do have the affair, then it's really to help you leave the marriage, you know, that you didn't really want to be in to begin with. So there's all sorts of ways that it manifests uh, that people deal with this feeling of never having had a click or a soulmate connection with their spouse. And sometimes when you uh, find somebody, even, you know, you're talking to somebody at work, you don't mean to flirt with them, but this person has a different sort of personality and one that you could imagine. It's like a lot of um, people are like, I could imagine finally that there may be somebody out there that I would click with in this way. And so that kind of opens them up to realize, you know what, I don't have to stay in this unhappy thing forever. But if you are in that situation, you know, then therapy can really help you clarify what you want to do and where you're at and what other variables may be influencing your decision making at that moment, uh, how unhappy the marriage has really been, and um, if there's anything to be done to save it, etc. But uh, there are many ways to, um, obviously, to think about connection, compatibility. So if you do feel like you have, like your spouse is your soulmate and you have this super deep connection with them, I'll tell you there's not a woman in the world or probably a man for that matter who wouldn't like to receive uh, a link to this podcast with this is how I feel about you. Not the part where she says the people who never clicked with their spouse, the other part where they say, she said that there's people who feel soulmate connections. So that would be a nice thing to do for somebody. 
Um, I know that I personally feel like that about my husband, that we have a, a deep connection like that and that we are soulmates. So that is somebody that you respect enough to listen to 130 podcasts from saying that I believe in it. So, <laughs> so uh, you can take from that what you will. And please do join my Facebook group because you, if you are listening to this stuff, are probably somebody that would like to interact with other people who like to talk about these sorts of topics. And and have a great day, everybody. I will talk to y'all soon.